Lord God, we thank you so much that you would be gracious enough to show us your glory. God, we acknowledge we don't deserve that you would dwell among us, but you show your love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so God, thank you for always going first, for reaching beyond what we deserve. And because of your character and because of your goodness, loving us in the ways we need to be loved. God, I pray for every brother and sister in this room, regardless of what they brought with them into this space, God, I pray you would speak to their hearts right now, that they might hear you and know that you are real and that you are madly in love with them. Help us to see you, God, in new and fresh ways today. I thank you for the chance to open your word, and learn of your character, and then be transformed in ways that don't make a lot of sense, except that you are a good and faithful God. Be with us now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, Sanctuary. Uh, my name is Edrin, senior pastor here. Again, if I have not had the chance to get to meet you, shake your hand, I look forward to having that chance really soon. Uh, we are grateful to be able to share this morning uh, in, in this time of preaching. Um, we're grateful for everything that has taken place. So can you just put your hands together? Help me thank God for Tamia, for our worship team, for Ty and our band, and for the ways in which they lead us in worship each and every week. Um, so the 11 o'clock crowd, you, you all get the, the warmed up version in some sense. Like we, we do this at nine um, and, and we know that we'll get to do it again at 11. And so you, you really get the best of what we have to offer. Um, but we also know some of you are looking at your watches because uh, football comes on and that kind of stuff. Don't worry about that. There's DVR and, and all that kind of stuff. So let, let's just be here together and, and really enjoy uh, the presence of God together. We are in week two of a series that we're calling Quiet Virtues. Pastor Rose kicked it off for us last week. Um, and, and I don't know if she mentioned this, but this entire series is the, the baby, the brainchild of Pastor Rose. Uh, we got together and I asked her if you could pull together a series from start to finish on your own, whatever you would want to talk about, however you would craft it, what would it be? And she came up with this series called Quiet Virtues. She's also created a, uh, a prayer journal to go along with it. And so I pray that you are all not just here on Sundays, but that you're journeying with us through 21 days of prayer as a church. We're expecting God to do some incredible things among us uh, over those 21 days. And so I pray that you, if you've not already downloaded that journal, that you would do so. Uh, there may be some copies still available here at the church, but we want to thank God for Pastor Rose, for her gifts, and for creating this series. So can we thank Pastor Rose? She's hiding in the back, um, back there. Thank you, PR, for, for how you serve and how you lead here at our church. And so we're going to jump into week two, um, and the topic that I was given was the topic of reverence, reverence. And, and, and last night, 
yesterday afternoon and last night, I put on social media that I was preaching today on the topic of reverence. And I may have gotten a few messages when people were asking, uh, how would I make the connection between Leonardo DiCaprio and the gospel? Uh, can you put that picture up? So when I said I was preaching on reverence, people thought I said the revenant. And I assured them that we are not that kind of church. We would not be talking about Leonardo DiCaprio. But we would talk about another guy that some of us know really well. Can you put that picture up? Anybody know this guy? Joey? If you grew up in the 80s and 90s and watched Blossom like I did, you know her brother Joey. Joey was a crowd favorite because he had good hair, and they say he's good looking. I don't see it. Um, but Joey was one of those guys, he was not very smart. He was not very smart, but he had the looks going for him. And he had this phrase that he would say all the time. Anybody remember? Whoa! Like, because he was not very bright, everything, like, blew his mind. He was always impressed by something. And so he'd be, he, it was often related to girls, too. Joey was a little bit girl crazy. But he, he'd be talking about something, and something, somebody would reveal something to him, and he'd be like, Whoa! And then something else would happen, he'd be like, whoa. And so he, all throughout the episode, that he was just constantly having his mind blown. And when his mind was blown, he would reply, whoa. And so in the spirit of Joey Lawrence today, I want to invite us to have our mind blown by the God who loves us. As we talk about reverence today, when I mention reverence, I'm talking about feelings of deep respect high regard, deference, and worship. And so just in the spirit of that, would you say with me together on three, one, two, three. There's more people in the room than who said that just now. But we'll get another chance a little later. In the book, Awakening the, Quiet Virtue, the Quieter Virtues, the author says, he gives us this definition of what reverence is. He says, reverent awe, I think, is a sense of inspired wonder, of amazement at what God, what is beyond us, speaking of God, or a blissful recognition of what is right in front of us, speaking of God's actions. When we talk about reverence today, I'm talking about our ability to realize over and over again how good God is and how great God is. I'm asking us to, to, to realize and not forget that our God is good and our God is great. Our youngest daughter, Harper, recently turned three years old. And if you know Harper, Harper's tall in her own right. Um, but I've realized lately that Harper really enjoys having a dad who is massive. Whoa. <laughs> It's a common occurrence in our house for me to be walking past Harper and for her to dive off of a piece of furniture knowing that I'll catch her. It's a common occurrence for me to be standing somewhere in our house, perhaps the kitchen, and to realize after a moment that Harper is orbiting my legs over and over and over again. It's often that I'm lying on the floor doing something, maybe messing with my phone, and Harper will work and work and work until she has wedged her body into a small crack next to mine, 
And she'll look up in my face and say, hi, Daddy. And it used to annoy me a little bit because I need my space. But I've realized lately that when Harper does that, she reminds me a bit of the opportunity that we all have with God. God calls us and invites us to not just know him as words on a page or stories of folks that we never met. God is calling us to know him and revere him. God is calling us to feel the goodness and the largeness of who God is. So when we gather in worship, we get the opportunity to remind each other that God is the lover of our souls. He is a tender father. He is a good, good father. But God is at the very same time a consuming fire, a God not to be messed with. You ever had anybody in your family who you're like, I love them and they're fun, but I can tell I don't want to get on their wrong side? God calls us to know He is a good, good father, but he's also at the very same time a mighty God not to be played with. And so the challenge for us as we think about what it means to be reverent people is that some people have argued that Americans, even in the church, are not reverent people at all. It has been argued that the church has lost its wonder. The church has lost its amazement. The church has lost the perspective that sees God as even deserving of awe. It's been said that the church is no longer concerned with reverence for God, and as a result, our sanctuaries have become lecture halls. People don't come to church, they say, to hear about the wonder of who God is. People come to church for a TED Talk, a place where we can fill our heads with knowledge and our hearts are never changed. You know, I understand the sentiment. Because one of my constant prayers here at Sanctuary over eight years is that we would be a place that grows increasingly in heartfelt worship. I pray for the day where we don't have to come and work like dogs to get a hearty amen. Amen. You just missed that whole cue, guys. Come on. I pray for the day where our praise reflects the goodness of who God is. That's been my prayer, and we're not there yet. You can hear it, but we, we, we've got a ways to go, but God is working on us. And so I understand how someone can look at the church in America and say that we're not a very reverent people. And while I understand it, I simply don't agree with it. I don't think the case is that Americans aren't reverent. I think that we've simply directed our reverence to things that don't deserve it. You ever walk into a building and just automatically take your hat off because somewhere along the way, somebody told you that you take your hat off in buildings? When when you go to somebody who has a new house, uh, you just take your shoes off, especially here in Minnesota in the winter, because you don't want to mess up their carpet or their hardwoods. We, We treat that carpet with great value, and we're willing to confront somebody who would have the audacity to walk on our carpet in the winter with their shoes on. So we know reverence. We just directed it towards things other than God. We've lived here, my wife and I, in Minnesota since 2005. And I've seen how you treat your sports teams. I, I saw all year long as people kept getting excited and excited, excited about the twins. And I kept my mouth shut because I'm like, just wait. Just wait. 
And, and I, I look at the start of NBA basketball every season, and you guys are great at uh, like, like conjuring up this hope. Like the, the Wolves have a great, solid young squad this year. And I'm like, just wait. The Gophers, I'm going to leave them alone because they're doing good. Go Gophers. The problem is not that we don't know how to be reverent. Like, we don't know how to celebrate. We don't know how to get excited. The issue is that we direct that reverence to everything except God. So the task for us in the church is not to develop reverence, but to help us learn to redirect our reverence. Here's a quote from the book, Awakening the Quieter Virtues. It says, casual Friday has become casual week, has become casual year, has become casual life. For all the good change towards approachability and comfort, we struggle to give proper deference to the sacred. We, we are nice to God. We offer thanks before meals. We go to worship once a week. But I have to ask myself, do I treat God better than I treat the person on the planet I respect most. And so today, as I work, my entire goal today is to get you to redirect your reverence towards the God who deserves it. And so I want to invite you today to the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. The Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. It'll appear on the screen if you don't have your Bibles with you today. Book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Here's what the Word of God says. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses, verse 3, thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Then the, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, verse 6, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses was a prophet. Moses, the Bible says, was perhaps the greatest prophet that ever lived. He was a Hebrew boy born at a time when Hebrew boys were being murdered at the order of the Pharaoh. But miraculously, Moses was born and not only survived, he was raised by Pharaoh's own daughter. While he was raised in the palace, Moses' heart was never far from his people. One day, Moses came across an Egyptian who was abusing an enslaved Hebrew, and Moses took the life of the Hebrew. Fearing for his life, Moses fled Egypt and landed in a place called Midian. And there he met the daughter of a shepherd named Jethro. Moses helped these daughters. He won Jethro's favor, and Moses ended up marrying one of those daughters, a woman by the name of Zipporah. And it's during that time that we meet Moses. It's that during that time that Moses comes into the text, and we find Moses taking care of his father-in-law's flock. 
He's probably content to spend the rest of his life right there in Midian. He's lucky to even be alive and be free. But God, while he could have left Moses there in Midian, God had something else in mind for Moses. And I believe that just like Moses, you and I are in need of something, what I'm calling a woe moment. Moses would go on to do incredible work, but God had to inject some reverence in Moses' life first. Now, as we look at Moses' life here in Exodus 3, I want us to see together for the remainder of our time that there are at least three movements on the road to reverence. There are three movements on the road to reverence. The first movement I want us to consider together today is simply this in verse 3. On the road to reverence, we have to learn to lean in. We have to learn to lean in and draw near to God. Here's what Exodus chapter 3 says. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush did not burn. Brothers and sisters, Moses' life has led him to this place, the mountainous place on the backside of a desert. And in that place, Moses observed something unusual. In that very dry place, there was a bush that was burning but was not consumed. There was fire sitting there in the midst of the bush, but the flame did not overcome this dry, parched bush. I can imagine Moses there that day taking care of his father-in-law's flock. And out of the corner of his eyes, he sees a, a bush there on fire, but not being consumed by the fire. And if I were Moses, I would probably look around to make sure I was not losing my mind. I would probably want to know if anybody else saw what was going on. And if it was me, I probably would run far away from that thing. But Moses does something. He sets an example for us on the road to reverence. Moses says, when you encounter something that doesn't make sense, your responsibility is first to lean in. Verse 3 says, Moses says to himself, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. Moses calls us to be spiritually curious people. Moses calls us not to be people who only do what makes sense to us. Moses calls us to be people who are seeking after God. Brothers and sisters, I I, want to try to keep it real this morning. You might not admit it, but I know in a room this size, there are many of you who are actually suffering from spiritual boredom. You don't know why. You just know you're feeling spiritually bored. And sometimes when we're not feeling the way we should on the inside, we tend to project that onto someone else. And so, so I've heard and I've read in emails uh, th- that, that the reason many of you are spiritually bored is because of the worship leader. They don't sing the right kind of songs, you say. Or perhaps it's the preaching. You don't even do any tricks. <laughs> brothers and sisters listen if we're going to keep it real in church many of you are bored because you have given up on your spiritual curiosity somewhere along the way you stopped being 
curious. You stopped seeking after God. Somehow you came to the place to believe that you already know all you need to know. You have done everything worth doing. You have experienced all there is to experience. And hear me when I say this, few things will stagnate your spiritual growth like an attitude that says to God, no God, no thanks, been there, done that. On this road to reverence, if we want to grow as reverent people, there is a posture that says there is so much more of God for all of us to experience. There is so much more of God for us to understand. There is so much more of God for us to receive. Brothers and sisters, this, this posture of leaning in and, 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 and pursuing God and seeking God flows out of a holy possibility that there is more to God than what you have seen so far. So the first step on the road to reverence is to lean in and to draw near to God. The second step on the road to reverence that I want to consider today is in verses 4 and 5 of Exodus 3. It's simply this, stop and take off your shoes. Stop and take off your shoes. Moses draws near to a burning bush. Verse 4 says this, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God says, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. God calls out to Moses from the fire, and he communicates a few things to Moses. He, he says, Moses, let me show you that I know you. Let me show you that I am a personal God. He calls him by his name, Moses, Moses. He says, let me clarify for you my expectations of you. He tells him to stop right there and take off his shoes. And he says, let me inform you and remind you of where you are. He says to him in the text, the place you are standing is holy ground. God calls Moses by name. He helps Moses to see that there are some expectations that he has of him. And then God gives Moses some directives that will help him get into the position, the proper position for what is coming next. And this morning, as we try to grow as a congregation to be more reverent ourselves, I want to actually invite you to take your shoes off this morning. I don't know what your shoe game, your sock game is like this morning, but I'm going to invite you to take your shoes off. Some of you are like, what in the world is going on? There is an invitation for us today by way of our brother Moses to stop and take our shoes off. You see this request as you're still considering, am I going to do this? Has this brother lost his mind? This request was yet another aspect of God teaching Moses about who he was and God revealing God's self to Moses. You see the idea again of taking off shoes is not foreign to us. We take off hats to respect places. We pay homage to places when we worship there. But there's something more. There's something more that God wants to teach us in this request today to take our shoes off. You see, in, in Eastern culture, like the culture that Moses was a part of, the, the priests would take their shoes off in the temple, and it was a way of acknowledging that they were in a holy place, yes, but that they were personally unworthy of standing before a holy God. So in this moment where you feel awkward right now, 
where you're praying, Lord, please let me have found the same socks this morning before I got dressed. Or please don't let my neighbor look down right now. There is an invitation to realize in this moment and have a wow, I don't even deserve to be here kind of moment. On the way to reverence, we've got to realize truly who God is and be honest about who we are. We will never grow as reverent people. We will never grow in reverence towards God as long as we see ourselves as being on par with God. We don't worship our friends. We don't worship people that we look down upon. And if we want to grow in reverence, we need to see God as one who is wholly different than we are. And so that little bit of discomfort you felt when it was time to take your shoes off, that's in this room. There is more and more of that for us to realize that God is not just different than we are, and God is greater than we are. God is calling us in this season to be reverent, to have those, wow, I don't even deserve to be here moments. Yes, that can happen on a mountaintop somewhere. Yes, that can happen when you're sitting next to a vast body of water. But I'm praying that God would also help us to be more reverent when we're working on that job Monday through Friday that we don't like. I'm praying that we will grow in our reverence when we're on the block with that one neighbor who is getting on your last nerve. I'm praying that we will grow in reverence when we come to church and they don't sing our song. Or they sing it in a way that's different than used to be sung at your old church. Even in these moments, God is calling you by name. Daniel. Daniel. He's calling you by name. Nate. Nate. He's calling you by name. LeBrent. LeBrent. God is calling us right now and inviting us to take our shoes off because the ground we're standing on is holy ground and we do not deserve to be in that place. First part, learning to lean in and draw near to God even when all of it doesn't make sense. The second movement on the road to reverence is to take your shoes off. I'm going to ask you to keep your shoes off. Don't put them back on. If there's a little bit of a holy aroma coming up, it's just the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. Don't worry about it. After we've leaned in, after we have taken our shoes off, there's one more invitation for us on the road to reverence today. It's found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. Then he said, God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. This verse says that God reveals himself to Moses. As if there was still any doubt that Moses had about what was happening in this moment, God said very specifically, I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I am the God of covenant promise. I am the God who has promised to deliver your people. And I believe Moses began to get a sense 
of what was happening in this moment. God was about to call him to something. And Moses' response in this moment gives us a clue as to how we ought to grow in reverence as well. Moses realized who it was talking to him, and Moses hid his face because he did not want to see God. Brothers and sisters, we're at a place in the history of the church where we don't have to hide our face and fear God anymore. But there is still a posture of worship for us. And so I know as a church, we talk a lot about spiritual things, but sometimes we forget to actually create space for us to do the spiritual thing. So today, as we imagine what it is for us to grow in reverence, I just want to create some space for us to do what I call a posture of worship. I want to invite you, if you are able, to kneel in worship. I I want us to to be able today together, as you are able, to get into some posture of worship. If you can't kneel for one reason or another, whatever your posture of worship is, I want to invite you into it today. Because we will never, we will never grow in reverence until we more intentionally get into position before God, seek God's face, and begin to cry out to God to show us his glory. So Lord, thank you for this moment, not just to hear about worship, but to actually lean into worship. God, I imagine that for many brothers and sisters in this room, this is new and uncomfortable. And to that I say thank you, Lord, for stretching us and growing us. God, I ask that in this moment that you would open our hearts up and cause us to recall who you are. You are a perfect God. You are a good and holy God. You love us with an everlasting love. God, that you have brought us out of darkness, that you have loved us and saved us by the blood of Jesus. God, that you are generous beyond measure. God, that you hold us in the middle of the night when we are hurting and we feel as if we're alone. You're with us. God, that you have been gracious and merciful towards us. That when the enemy points out our flaws and our our shortcomings, that you shut up his mouth. God, I'm grateful that we are a redeemed people. That we are a holy people. That you have called us your sons and daughters. Now, God, as we create this space, I pray that these brothers and sisters would not be so concerned about how I feel in the moment. That they would just worship you freely. Spirit of the living God is in this place. Spirit of the living God, have your way in this place.